Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name's Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia, and I'm joined on the show this week by Ali O'Shaughnessy, who's a fellow consultant in Melbourne. Hey, Ali. Hi, Dom. How are you going? Good. I should say, Happy New Year. Uh, yeah, because likewise. we're recording this early in the new year and that's kind of, you know, brought on an idea for a topic which was around New Year's resolutions or New Year's goals and how to go about those and set ourselves up for success for 2023. I guess that's kind of the idea. Maybe it's an opportune moment. You know, just thinking about that, Ali, I think yeah, people sometimes take the mickey out of New Year's resolutions. I'm more of a New Year's goals kind of person. Because people kind of give up on the, you know, like it's kind of famous for everyone signs up for the gym for two weeks and never goes sort of, that's when the gyms make all their money. But I'm a big fan actually of the kind of, it's the clean slate effect. You know, you get to like sort of reinvent yourself for want of a better term or or try something new and I'm up for it. You know, I think, hey, look, it's better giving it a shot than not. (laughs) You know, and it doesn't always stick. But what I'd love to talk to you about is how can we perhaps increase our chances of making it stick? and being successful with goals in the new year and all that. Maybe first, before we get there, what's your take on resolutions versus goals? What do you reckon? Yeah. Oh, look, I'm all for a clean slate. I quite like the monthly clean slate, in fact. So an annual one is beautiful. I think it's a great opportunity for us to – I think that's the thing. It's really just an opportunity to pause and just stop Mm. and reset because we do – we go so fast and one thing uh-huh. leads to another and we're just running, running, running all year. So if we do have, I think it's great that we have this, you know, a few days and yes, it's often a busy period, the holiday period as well, but it's different than work. So uh-huh. it gives us a little bit of a change, a little bit of an opportunity to take a pause and sort of reassess where we are. And, you know, I'm more of a, a goals than a resolution person as well, Dom, but I certainly have had my share of goals that of gym memberships that have been left um, <laughs> on the shelf. Unfulfilled. <laughs> Unattended. Um, you know, and maybe I, I don't even know what the, I was just thinking, what is the definitional difference between the two? But but to me, kind of resolutions are often, it's almost a wish. You know, I, I don't know if that's the correct interpretation, but I wish I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Whereas goals to me are a bit more tangible. What are things I'm going to work towards and they're a bit more realistic perhaps, well, depends on what they are, I guess, but realistic and attainable and all those smart goal type stuff. But they're a bit more tangible. In my mind, that's kind of the, the difference between those. One's like, I'm going to eat, I'm going to get fit, right? The other one's, I'm going to, you know, attend the gym this many times a month or something. Do you, do you know what I mean? It's a bit more tangible. Mm, yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's a definitional or not, but I'd be interested in your take on it. So goals, you know, to me, when I think goals, I think achievement if we think of circumplex language. So where does that fit in? You know, what, what's your take on that? Yeah. I think one of the really important things um, when we look at goals is the research of Professor Carol Dweck and her work around fixed mindset versus growth mindset. And I'm sure everyone has heard of this, but just to clarify, her work showed that you know, fixed mindset is really underpinned by a belief that you're born with a certain amount of talent and intelligence, you know, that's your lot in life. And people who adopt a fixed mindset really perceive outcomes 
or goals, you know, goals achieved as the ultimate measure of what you're capable of achieving. You know, you're clever or dumb, you're good Mm. at sports or you're not, you know, you're musical or you're not. So the thing that the outcome that you achieve is kind of proof of your set level of innate intelligence or talent. Mm. And the other thing is they also experience a heightened fear of criticism and, and perceive failure as a signal that they've really reached the limits of their potential. So mm. the perspective of failure means that I thought I was good at this, but I failed here, so I'm not after all. I've always got and to then, question myself of who I am yeah, or something. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Who I thought I was is no more. Mm. So that's, you know, the issue <laughs> With the, the fixed mindset, in contrast, people with the growth mindset believe that we're born, that while we are born with a certain amount of talent and intelligence, the key thing is that with learning and effort, we can always improve. Mm. And we know that neuroscience now validates this, Dom. So the result of this means that instead of just valuing the outcomes, people adopting a growth mindset, we also value learning and effort. So we're prepared to meet the challenges. And this, of course, lowers our levels of stress and it gives us a bit of confidence to kind of reframe failure and criticism as we go forward. So one thing, you know, we don't sit always in one mindset or the other. We can move between the two. However, we tend to, over time, have developed more of a fixed mindset or more of a growth mindset. Mm. The good news is, this mindset can be changed. So applying a growth mindset. Yeah, I was going to say a growth mindset to a fixed mindset. <laughs> yeah, but, to this. And what a more liberating thought it is, right, I guess, mm. of like a fixed mindset. There's nothing I can do. At the end of the day, I can't practice, I can't train, I can't develop, I can't whatever. I am who I am or I am what I am or whatever. Mm. But that feels very constraining, I guess. You know, like there'll never be nothing more. That's what it is versus yeah. actually and look, if we've I put been, in the effort, you know, I could do something different. Yeah. And we've been socialized to a certain extent, you know, coming up through school, you know, there's the sporty kids and there's the smart kids and there's the, you know, this and that. And it's subtly reinforced, you know, over and over, you're X and not Y. But in fact, in terms of who we are as individuals and our uniqueness and what we can offer and bring to the world. We're not one thing or another. We're not all one thing and and not another thing. Mm. And that's why the growth mindset, it's about bringing out all of who you are, not all of who someone else wants you to be, for example. So bringing that lens in. I think about that in relation to kids and you said, well, one is, you know, parent expectations of kids and, and perhaps living vicariously through them of sporting star dreams or whatever it might have been definitely occurs. But just interesting you say that because I think something, I don't know if it's a more modern approach or what, but something that's talked about a bunch nowadays is rather than, you know, you pass the test, you must be really smart. It's Mm. you pass the test, you must have studied really hard or you must have tried, you know, and so it's praising the effort that went into preparing for the test rather than the innate quality of being smart. Yeah. And I think what you've hit on there, Dom, is that the difference between the setting outcome goals versus setting learning goals. Mm. So in order for us to achieve the outcome goal, there is usually some learning 
There's a challenge. Mm-hmm. There's something we're learning, something we, some way we as humans need to grow and, and move forward. So it's a, helping us identify the learning goals. And you referred to before, I think the smaller goals, mm. you know, the smaller things you can do, the tangible things, but also some learning goals, noticing what am I learning? And then that can bring a real sense of achievement and accomplishment in and of itself. And they're the the things along the way to the outcome goal. Mm. I mean, there's often the, I suppose, the idea that there's a the sports person, you know, achieves the ultimate, they've won the Olympic medal. That's the outcome. But now what? Mm. And the feelings that, that go along with, well, I've done that now. That's the outcome goal. I've got the outcome, but what do I do now? That's interesting because you actually hear that a bit where people, you know, make it to the top of their discipline or whatever it might be. And then it's not what they expected it to be. You know, they thought mm-hmm. it would be like the, the heavens would open and the ray of sun would come down on them or something. And it, it doesn't happen. And so they're kind of confused. Actually, mm-hmm. I, I think I heard Tyson Fury, the boxer, talking about that. Like he became mm-hmm. heavyweight champion and he thought, well, once I do that, then, you know, everything will be different. And of course it wasn't. And he had quite a public thing about mental health and, and stuff like that. Amazing story, actually, he came back from it. But mm-hmm. anyway, the point was, Having that one goal and then you get there and kind of drop off, I suppose, after it's yeah. not what you thought it was. Yeah. And so the learning goals are, are really important and validating our worth and our accomplishment as we go along. And I guess the wisdom to notice that as we go. So tell me a little bit more. What does the learning goal sound or look like compared yeah, to the outcome goal, I guess? I'm just curious to pass the difference between them. Yeah. So it would be about, I'd like to build my capability in. So it's about the process. I'd like to get better at X, Y, or Z. I'd like to continue to practice. So it's the focus on the effort. What is the goal around the effort? Uh. And so you, you experiment with that and then you part of it is sort of that cycle. So you need to act and experiment with the new outcome or the new process that, that you want to achieve, uh-huh. the new goal, I should say. And then assess, how's it going? You know, reflect and assess. Where did you struggle? What worked well? And then adjust. So it's not a linear process. It's a a cycle. Mm. So you're sort of rolling through each stage of moving towards your goal. So, Ellie, just thinking, does it make a difference what your motivation is for, you know, why you're setting a particular goal and sort of what's behind it? Does that impact the, I guess, the pursuit of it? and you know, like your success there, does it make a difference why you're doing it? Yeah, absolutely, Dom. I think when we take it from the circumplex lens and we look at it from a security versus satisfaction Mm. needs perspective, security being the need to protect ourselves, stay safe, Mm. versus satisfaction being pursuing satisfaction and the things that we enjoy in life, Thrive versus survive, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thrive versus survive. So if we're looking at it from a security perspective, our mindset is very self-critical. It can be very focused on protecting myself from future failure. So the goal that we set is very protective. You know, when we look at a challenge, we may actually force ourselves into a new challenge just to earn admiration just to earn the respect of others. Uh. So it's not an intrinsically motivated goal. 
It's something that we put out there that we feel that we need to do and an outcome we need to get in order to be seen by others. So very much you know, touching upon that competitive style and or the approval, the need for approval, the mm. need to be good enough. And there's a lot of self-criticism and judgment in there and a lot of social comparison, always constant comparing, constantly comparing to others. If you take that same goal from a, a satisfaction perspective, it's more around a self-compassion. So you link into a real mindset of self-compassion. So the goal is to learn and to grow. You're already good enough. You don't have to be better, but you, as we're humans, we like to continue to learn and to grow. And that's the goal. So you'd look at a challenge, you'd, you'd take on something that's really meaningful to you. And as we touched upon before, not to somebody else. Which is sort of, you know, when I think of circumplex lens, you know, the green and the red, a kind of external validation. You know, if you think of approval mm. or any of those, it's looking to others sort of to, to give us approval and to say we're nice. And the other one, the red side is to sort of prove it to others. You know, I've got to show up and be saying, I wonder in New Year's resolution terms, are these the, the grand announcements on December 31st or January 1st or whatever it is? The grand announcement, I'm telling everyone, right? <laughs> whether I follow through or not, may, may be a different story, but we're making a good announcement, you know, and we're coming out, oh, that sounds impressive. Yeah, the litmus test is do we tell everyone about all of the little failures along the way? Yeah, well, yeah, interesting on that. You know, because I guess it's, it's, so why are we doing it? Because the goal could even be the same, you know, mm. but the motivation or the reason behind it might be quite different. And do you think if we're coming at it from a, you know, I think of circumplex terms, achievement, kind of stretch myself, challenge myself, enjoys the challenge, sits under mm. achievement, right? Self-actualizing is about, you know, trying to reach my potential, you know, humanistic coaching, developing, affiliative is, is relationship maybe with self, could be. But if I think of those, that motivation is very different. I'm trying to thrive, right? I'm trying to, hey, how can I reach what yeah. I'm capable of versus maybe it's, you know, if I think of oppositional or something, it's, it's I'm setting this goal because I'm being really hard on myself. Like I wasn't yeah. good enough. Do you know what I mean? And and so rather than growing, yeah. it's kind of um, um, yeah. beating myself up to do something different next time. But that's a very different yeah. motivation. Yeah. And it's underpinned by a real self-judgment and mm -hmm. a real insidious kind of belief in there that you're not good enough right now. Yes. Who you are isn't enough now. Which, and you must achieve this thing and then you'll be good enough then and then you'll feel better. Everything will be different then. Yeah. yeah. You know, and interesting, because what you talk about is often how I kind of describe self-actualizing, which is a comfort with self, but it doesn't mean we're perfect because that sits somewhere else in the circumstance. Mm. And so it's, I'm comfortable with who I am, but I can also improve, you know, mm. and, and those are not mutually exclusive ideas. Actually, they can go together, you know. Yeah. And that sort of links into the idea that if, in terms of effort, you know, how we expect to achieve. So when we're in this real security space and a real self-critical mindset, we expect that we should be, you know, we should, lots of shoulds, we should be mm. learning instantaneously, you know, and if I didn't learn it the first time, then I'm a failure or I am failing. So there's an expectation, an unrealistic expectation of self and a bit around that perfectionistic style there to just to get it the first time, you know, 
And that links back into that fixed mindset. Well, if you were you good at this, then you would get it and you should. But if you don't, therefore you're not. And then you have to stop. <laughs> so it's interesting that language, yeah, I should, I must, I ought to kind of mm. language yeah. is the well, if you think about the motivation, it's the it's the whip in the back. It's a kind telltale of. sign, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, versus I aspire to, perhaps. Mm. Or mm. do you know, like, yeah, different interesting, yeah. And the flip side of that, if you have the compassion for yourself in terms of motivation and, and goals, then you expect learning to require effort. Like, you know, yourself, Dom, right. you, your little ones, you don't expect them to get up and walk. You're going to fall down so many times. Mm. So if we're coaching ourselves and our self-talk is from a compassionate mindset, we're more likely to expect that we're going to have to put in effort. We're going to fail. And this stuff is messy. It's not easy and that's okay. And so when we fail, it's not catastrophic. Mm. We just adjust change and move on we can recover from recover it. You know, is the that, point that, that, that's mm. interesting because it feels like you know i should be tough mm. you know and, and it links to this i you know this grit idea gritty i'm gonna be hard on myself and that is gritty but what you're sort of saying is actually bringing in some or what i hear you saying i should say is by having some self-compassion it actually allows you to pick yourself up off the mat Mm. Because if yep. it's a challenging goal, sometimes you're going to get bested, you know, like sometimes you're yeah. not going to, you know, whatever it is, you're not going to get there. You're going to fall short of the mark. Mm. And it's does a real that, understanding of that. Yeah. Yeah. And so does it completely throw you because, well, I just should have been able to do it versus, yeah. uh, okay, it happened. What do I learn? You know, how do I go forward? Yeah. So it's interesting you mentioned the word grit and gritty. So that's. I understand you're referring to Angela Duckworth's uh-huh. research there that, you know, she suggests that, well, she's found, her research has found that when you, people who combine passion and perseverance for the pursuit of long-term goals, you know, exhibit this grit factor. And it's the ability to stick with working towards something for years, potentially, uh-huh. in the face of setbacks, disappointments, plateaus, etc. So it's it's the not giving up ability. Mm. And it's really associated with high levels of achievement and resilience and well-being. Mm. But core factors in that, as you've already mentioned, Dom, meaningful goals, meaningful to you, mm. to really guide what your goals are and to prioritize them as well. Because if you're like me, it's 50,000 things mm. in my head. So trying to realign to my sort of self-actualized self, who I would like to be, to help guide and prioritize those goals. And then, you know, really giving myself the opportunity to have a growth mindset and some self-compassion, you know, the permission to learn. So the people who are gritty genuinely do this. They absolutely believe that they can learn. They don't believe that talent and capacity is fixed. And they have a sense of self-compassion around their failures. There's also an element in grit where there is deliberate practice. So it's not magic. We, there's an acknowledgement and, and a belief that deliberate practice and moments of flow, I guess they call it, because if we are doing something we enjoy, we're more likely to be in a space of flow where we're enjoying it time, time stands still. Mm. 
and we don't notice the practice. There are also other moments where we have to do the stuff we don't like. <laughs> yes. You know, it's, it's interesting that deliberate practice thing is about taking the time out to reflect on it, you know, so rather than just performing, but after performing, okay, how did that go? What worked? What didn't work? What can I change? What can I do? Blah, blah, blah. Which people often miss, you know, and so you can, it's like, you know, going to the golf driving range and hitting a hundred balls, but you're mm. kind of mindlessly just putting them out there versus kind of thinking about, well, what am I doing? What is the technique? What's working? What didn't work? You know, and so sort of actually reflecting on it. And I use that example because <laughs> some time ago I tried learning golf, not my skill, but I did. Well, I shouldn't say that. I've got to learn more. I've got to practice more to do it. <laughs> That's it. But I remember that I got some lessons from, from, a, from a coach there. And he said, don't get the jumbo thing of 200 balls, right? Get the one of 50 balls and actually think about what you're doing. Because if you get 200, you'll just blast them out there. And do you know what I mean? Like you stop thinking, you just go through the motion. So get a small one, think about what you're actually doing. And so I always think of that when I think deliberate practice. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I can just see you out there hitting those <laughs> hitting those balls. Shanking off. a few of them. but uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I love this idea of, authentic grit. Mm. So the sticking to the things that are innately aligned with who you are and who you want to be. So we, you know, taking away that extrinsic motivation, what others want, taking away that the green approval seeking and some of that competitive red in there. And just really knowing who you are, knowing where your strengths lie, character strengths is who you are. And setting a goal that's really congruent with yourself. Mm. Which is back to that satisfaction versus security. Mm. Yeah, it's something that's congruent with me versus something I feel like I have to do for external reasons, perhaps. Mm. Yeah. I love that. So uh, what I'm kind of taking out, Ali, from that is pursue with compassion. Yeah, pursue with compassion because that's what allows us to actually learn, get some setbacks and carry on versus, you know, it's the sort of, well, it didn't work for the first month. You know, January was a wash, you know, blowout. So it's off, you know, the, the goal's out the window for the year, you know, forget about it. No, you know, hey, there's always Chinese New Year, you know, you can get back on sometime later. So pursue with compassion and permission to learn. So give ourselves permission to learn along the way, you know, and, and really like if, if we're a truly achievement goal, is actually is challenging but realistic, which means it's kind of on the edge. We may or may not get there. You know, mm. if it's truly achievement goal, we may or may not get there. You know, because it's kind of at, it's it's challenge it's challenging rather than one where okay, we've got a ninety five percent chance that we're going to get there. Right? Yeah, and I think you you touched upon something important there too. Is that we can realistic goals sometimes those which we adjust. So it's the adjustment. So the goal changes. It's not rigid. It's not stuck. It's not this is the only thing, the only way. There is some flexibility around that. And that's very achievement-oriented and accomplishment-focused. Mm, mm. And it's back to the, the long-term thing, isn't it? So, hey, in January, you know, I said I was going to do this thing every week and I missed a week. Okay, there's 11 more months. You know, like it's okay, get back on the horse versus, oh, well, then it's done. And I said, okay, the goal adjusts. Instead of 52, it's 51, you know, whatever, and carry on because, because the net benefit 
is better anyway, right? There's another year even after that. Yeah, and there's more years after that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, you know, it's, it's made me think I've got to maybe readdress my goals. I put them into my phone, actually, Ellie, on sort of, you know, the, the end of last year. And I, I think of sort of work ones, life ones, health ones, you know, I kind of put some family ones to put some different categories in. But maybe I've got to think about, you know, where is that actually coming from? You know, is that one that's for me about thriving or am I trying to maybe prove something to someone, you know, or, or it's coming from an external validation kind of view. So you've, you've set me thinking. I'm going to have to go and, and have a little review and, and make sure I'm doing them for the right reasons. Fantastic. All right. Thanks for your time, Ali. All right. Thanks, See Dom. Ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia, all rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au. Thank you.